0: Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. So I'm here with Naj. What's good? So you were born in LA, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, born and raised.
0: And when you were really young, you already learned, like, English really quickly, right? Like, when you were reading, like, like grades in front of you, books.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I was, yeah. Uh, I, I was, I always placed in, like, whatever the highest potential reading level was. Yeah. So, like, in kindergarten, <laughs> I was a fifth grade reader. And then in sixth grade, I was a twelfth grade reader. And that's because my mom was in the film business when I was a kid. Um, she made, like, documentaries and TV movies and stuff like that, super, like, positive stuff. And so she would read the scripts to me as bedtime stories. Oh, wow. Because um, she'd have to read, like, three or four a day. Yeah. So I think that I just picked up language really quickly Yeah. From that.
0: And you were obsessed with, like, just writing from the onset, right?
1: Yeah, I've always been a bit of a writer. I, I'm, like, creative writing more so just in high school and stuff. I'd always begrudge it like any kid normally would for essays yeah. and stuff like that. But then, like, when it came down to it the night before, I would write these really great essays and my mom would just be like these are really great and she would edit them she was really good at editing and stuff like that too yeah so that was helpful in my development for it and and my dad's also a public speaker for his profession so i think oh. it kind of just was super comfortable for me to project yeah. and kind of present things
0: the teachers also like catch on from it at a young age so that you were like four excelled in like other kids with like english um literature i guess so yeah. yeah i
1: guess so i i don't know i always kind of like School for me was always kind of weird because I was always wanting to do creative stuff, mm-hmm. and I was always kind of like, "Why did Einstein have to go to school?" Like, <laughs> and my parents were like, "Well, honey, you like that It's like he's like a legitimate genius. you just like <laughs> think you are." Um, <laughs> But yeah, so so yeah, so I always kind of had a quick pickup for it. But I've always kind of just looked at school like part of my work schedule, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in, even in, co- in in high school, and then especially in college, I would just kind of treat my work my school schedule kind of like it was a job. Right. Um, so I don't know what teachers really thought of me. But.
0: Yeah. And you're already like kind of like outgoing at a young age, and your mom said you were kind of like a mayor of like the neighborhood, talking yeah. to everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we moved um, into the house that. Uh, family lived in and uh when i was five and i immediately was like the mayor of the block oh, that's and i would so go and, cute. Like, say hi to people when they moved oh. in and we had like a fourth of july block party and i would I, like would MC it oh my god yeah but it's always been like that like when i was a really little dude there's pictures of me at my grandparents 50th wedding anniversary and i was doing um i was in a little little man tux And I had a mic, and I, like, prepared songs to perform and dance routines with my uncle and all that different stuff. So I've always been one for the show.
0: Yeah. Even
1: though it wasn't always necessarily, like, singing. And I think that's how I graduated to the DJ stuff. And then um, just because I loved being in front of people. Mm -hmm. um, But I realized with that one I didn't have to, like, talk very much, which was nice. And I think people actually liked that in the long run because Mm -hmm. I was just playing good stuff and not talking too much. (laughs) Um, And then then I started making my own stuff.
0: Yeah. do you say that your mom's, like film career made you more of like a visual person, especially in your like music videos, tour recaps, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, um, I would say so. I, I think I've always just had an eye for like um, things I like and things I don't like and the way things are cut. Um, I think anybody that like kind of like is at the helm of their own ship, how I am, needs to be able to kind of have an opinion on how they want everything to go. Mm-hmm. That's how you stay consistent with yeah. things. And I have a lot of great people around me. Not a lot but a couple really great people around mm-hmm. me who, who help me make those decisions too. So. and
0: your dad being a public speaker like what did what did he speak for
1: Oh he was he he basically would like educate people on how to sell this very wonderful and specific kind of insurance called long-term care insurance that like basically brings um, nurses into your home for you when you get older oh, yeah it's like okay. a really positive thing and yeah and, um, he would share like his own stories of how like he had to care for his dad and stuff like that so I think it was like very emotional public speaking it wasn't just like general kind of stuff and so yeah
0: were you always close to him from the onset
1: um yeah i'd say so
0: but you're you have a pretty big gap with your dad like the age yeah was that ever like a barrier
1: um no i don't think so i think it was cool because my dad my dad is uh never actually thought about how much older he is than me like in number wise but he's definitely an older dude and um it's, it's cool because I think he's lived so much that he has, like, so much experience to share with me. I think that's awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, he always kind of was just able to be like, well, here's all the things I've done and gone through and, like, take what you will. And I think I took, like, the best I could from it and did my own life.
0: Yeah. He had kind of, like, an unstable, like, upbringing, right? Like, his family situation. Yeah,
1: my dad, was, yeah, my dad didn't grow up in, in the most positive of situations. But I think that's kind of the beauty of generations is that you can shift that if you so choose to. Yeah. So like with my my family eventually, I want to be, you know, my dad was wonderful and I just want to be even more wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. And he always like from the onset told you about like talking about your feelings. Was that something that clicked to you super early on?
1: Yeah, I think, I think like we always had a super open communicative household. So um, my dad was always like, you know, however you're feeling, just like, let me know. Don't get upset about it or whatever. And uh, I think that worked out great um, because I kind of just flowed into me being able to be so comfortable talking about how I feel with my music.
0: How do you describe yourself back then, like teenage years?
1: I'd say like really just like insecure,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but like confident that eventually I was going to do something cool. Just not mm-hmm. right then. Right. So like I would always like table like, oh, I don't really like do parties and stuff like that because I want to like focus on what I, what I do but I wasn't really doing anything yet. So there was kind of this like false facade, hmm. but I always knew in my head that I needed to like create space and time to be able to do what I love, which was be creative and, and yeah. make stuff. I but, just, I just didn't do it yet at that time. Yeah.
0: But do you say the insecurities stem from just being like creative and like different from other people? Or? Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I had a couple friends who understood it, but for the most part, I mean, I love my friends from, from school and everything, but most of them have ended up in like finance and things like Damn. that. Um, which is awesome for them but like just not my vibe and i have a couple friends from back then that are still friends of mine now they actually are my band um mm-hmm. uh sean and john Sean yeah. plays keys for me and john's my dj and i went to middle school with sean and high school with john and uh so like you know those two people really always understood me and my other friends did too but they would always just kind of be like that's tight like you're doing that but it wasn't ever like whoa like you're killing it like da, da, da. and so i just make records with the people that understood and everybody else i was just friends with you know
0: yeah. yeah. Do you think your parents understood from the beginning? Like, yeah, the logarith- I think my parents side. always
1: had a pretty good idea that I was going to do something super creative. We just didn't know what capacity that was going to be in yet.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, originally, I wanted to be like more of a manager. Hmm. And then I went to college, and I was going to be a lawyer, but in entertainment, like a, like a music lawyer. Yeah. And then... What uh, about
0: law did you like back then?
1: Um... Honestly, I think a lot of the time kids, like, try to gravitate towards professions that their parents either did or wanted to do.
0: Hmm, And so, honestly, I
1: just think that, like, my godmother is a talent manager. My dad wanted to be a lawyer and almost finished law school but didn't. Um, So, I think that's probably where it was coming from. I didn't really necessarily have any passion for it. I just knew it was a career and it would lead to, like, a stable life. Yeah. Um, But then what's cool is that, like, I didn't, like, choose to make music. It kind of, like, found me accidentally. And so... Mm -hmm worked out
0: yeah and your dad bought you like was it turntables when you were 13 yeah when
1: I was really young he grabbed me some turntables and that was like kind of my induction to DJing because this whole thing was if you learn how to do this and you get good at it then you'll always have like a candy store job he calls it oh like something you can fall back on yeah it's like yeah you know it it is good that I know how to do that and now it's actually really great because I can do after parties and stuff with with my friends Um, Was
0: the turntable something that you requested for? Like you were already like looking more and more into the whole DJX? Honestly, I don't
1: even think I asked for it. I think it was like something I mentioned and he just heard it. And he was always trying to like encourage me to to be more creative and to do more stuff like that. So I think he just got it for me. Um, And I remember being kind of like, whoa, like that's surprising. And then I plugged it into the speaker system in the living room. Through RCA cables and was like DJing by the end of the day. Yeah, and just like mixing songs and figuring out how to do it, and um, yeah, I, I picked it up real quick.
0: And you did a lot of was it house parties?
1: Yeah, initially I did a bunch of house parties and stuff, um, and just like high school dances and stuff. Um, and then and then I started making my own little like beats on the turntable, mm-hmm. like making loops and stuff. Then I started using Logic and recording friends, and then yeah, that's kind of how I got going.
0: Were you, some, were you in some sort of, like, group, like, an indie group?
1: Yeah, um, a friend, Sean, actually, who's in my band, and I had a, had a band together that uh, was super important to me, yeah. like, learning how to use Logic and all that stuff.
0: What made you decide to go from the whole band phase to, like, more just, like, a solo artist?
1: Um, I think, well, Sean was in school at the time. He was in college. And so I think it was just, like, there were these huge gaps of time where we would both just worry about school. And I wanted to just start making my own stuff. Um... So I just kind of, I started doing that while he was out of town. And then yeah, I started posting covers and then they went really well. So I just kept doing yeah.
0: it. Yeah. And at one point you wanted to do like graphic design, right?
1: Yep. That was a thing too. I always loved architecture and graphic design. Um, and I did a little bit of like website development for people and stuff like that. Um, not like coding or anything like that, but uh, just light stuff. Cause I just liked the way colors look. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you went to USC.
1: I did, yeah. What
0: yeah. did you study?
1: I studied um, music industry
0: at oh, USC, okay. so
1: um, that was a good like, catapult for anything in general, music that I wanted to do. I actually went to community college at Santa Monica for a year and then I oh. transferred to USC. Yeah. Because um, they didn't take me right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that and I got in and it was wonderful. I, I, like, I look back on that super fondly because what I love about school, beyond the education and all that, is that it gives you the time, because life becomes so structured, it gives you the time to, like, really be like, oh, this is how my life's structured, okay, what am I going to do with my downtime? So in my downtime, I started making tunes, and I don't think if my days had been as structured as they were, I would have had, would have felt
0: hmm.
1: like, oh, wow, I really need to express myself in some other way besides, like, doing these homework assignments. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing college did for me, is, like, mm-hmm forced me to see when I had free time. <laughs>
0: yeah. Was college something that you wanted to do or did your parents kind of want you to get a degree? Um,
1: I think my parents definitely wanted me to get a degree, but I never like felt that pressure from them. So growing up, my parents were always like putting me in schools that would benefit me that way or um, having me do sports, if I, like suggesting I did sports or whatever, I did the golf team.
0: Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> do you still really like golf?
1: Yeah, I'm a golfer. Wow. I just was um, in Nashville for a couple of weeks and I was doing a bunch of driving range. Um, yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> I love golfing. I've just gotten back into it recently with my friend Denim. He took me out for a round oh, and I was like, man, I really love this. Um, but yeah, so so I do I do um, that stuff. But anyway, so with high school, I was my parents were always trying to position me to go to a good school if I wanted to, um, and then I didn't end up getting in anyway, and I had to go to community college for a year. Mm-hmm. But I got a four at SMC and oh, then I transferred. Wow. So they kind of forget about your GPA and stuff yeah. when you reapply from a community college so
0: do you think your degree was super beneficial like looking back on where you're now
1: um i th- yeah i would say so i think that it it definitely gave me the like early understanding of the way contracts work and mm,
0: that's the, true like manager
1: client relationships and like how to develop a team um cuz like after after You love you kind of popped off crazy i had to like assemble a team really quickly so I literally hired my agent and my lawyer the same day, and wow. like, but I knew what to do. It wasn't like I was just like, whoa, like, yeah. I don't know what to do. So I would say college did that for me. And then also I just refer to things like deal points and the way things go. And it gives me a good understanding, like when I was doing a record deal, when I was signing a co-thing with my label in Atlantic to understand how things are supposed to go in that regard. And yeah, so I think it did a bunch of great stuff for me. Yeah. It also just taught me how to, like, socialize better. <laughs> I didn't, like, go to parties or anything like that, but I had to, like, pretend I did. Because mm-hmm. USC is such a social school. Right,
0: yeah. It's like a huge... Um, a Greek life right there.
1: Yeah, so, like, I had to, like, establish... I felt the need to, like, establish some kind of, like, mm. social group, and those people are actually still my really good friends, and I wow. talk to them from time to time, and it's, it's awesome.
0: The breakup that you had, kind of... Ch- you channeled a lot of, like, creativity mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something that... Like, just click to you, like, okay, I'm just going to share all of this that I'm going through.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, um, it just felt like something that needed to happen. It was cathartic. All my friends were tired of hearing about it. Um, nobody was telling me anything different from one to another, except, like, you'll get over it. Like, give it time. And I was like, well, I want to make something that people can refer to to feel better about whatever they're going through if they ever go through something like this. So that's what I had the idea to do the three EPs from. Yeah. Um... And it was super awesome, but it was also kind of like. By the last one, I started to be like, "Man, like, I moved on." I guess quicker than I thought I would because of all the stuff I was making mm. and all the support I was getting from yeah. people online. So it was kind of this interesting thing. By the time Hate hey, You, Love You popped out, I was kind of like, I don't know if I really even like w- like want people to think I'm so sad because I'm not necessarily oh, a super sad yeah. dude. <laughs>
0: Do you ever think that because you put out those? songs so early on that every time you would have to perform it now you like remember those memories is it ever difficult for you?
1: Um you know what it is is I think after a certain point songs the day I put a song out it's not my song anymore hmm. it's whoever's song it is that that listens to it and identifies with it it becomes their song and I've just, I've just been the catalyst for like creating that thing um cause at the end of the day all I want to do is like let people know they're not alone in whatever they're feeling and help people feel better and um and, and if, if people listen to my things and they feel better because of it, then that's all I want. So um, I, I don't really like delve too much emotion into them anymore because I know when people come to shows or I have to talk about the songs or whatever. It means something to people hmm. to, that, that, that love those songs to hear how I come from on it. So, like, you know, I have this very, like, biographical way of discussing it because I've kind of removed my own personal emotion from it because I want other people to be able to apply their emotion to it. Yeah. And not really, like, apply how I feel to things. I want them to say, like, oh, like, that's what this is all about. Like, this is the new new stuff. And it's, like, this is how I feel. How do you feel? You know? Because I feel like people don't ask that enough. (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And with that, like, the Nash branding, I feel like, is, like, super strong. Was that something that clicked you from the onset when you first started putting out like having even like the font I feel like there's a Nash font there's a Nash color is, it's like yeah. it's super cohesive like from the onset
1: thanks so basically I'm a I'm grew up underneath uh, G-Eazy's world yeah and I'm a big G-Eazy fan and I, and he's like kind of like always been a big brother to me and, and, and um, his managers are really great to me and I, I DJ'd a bunch of one, of one of his managers parties coming up Jamil and um So I think I always really respected how, like, locked to brand he is at at, at any stage he's at. And so I think that when I was like, oh, I'm going to start making tunes, it was just kind of a given that I needed to be really locked to a brand. And so, um, like, there was no other option to me. I wasn't going to be sporadic or, like, the art couldn't look different from one to the next. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be this way. And I'm also very controlling and specific about things like that. Um... So, and then, so basically I met my friend Max, who's here with me today, and, uh, Max Angles, and he kind of helped me, like, coordinate that, and he keeps my creative brain organized. Um, and yeah, and he makes all the art, and, like, he'll, he'll, we both take disposable pictures, and then I send mine to him, and he has his, so, like, from super lit to all of them, like, we find a disposable, he puts the font in it, and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Did you have some, like, influences for your branding earlier on? Like, even colors or certain artists or the font? My favorite album too? cover
1: ever is definitely the, the Prince Purple Rain one with the photo in the middle and the flowers down the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, I think also, like, I just draw inspiration from the things and the feelings the songs are about. So, like, Disposable is a song about a day that I went and did this thing, and so the picture of the art is from that day but the font's the same and you know what I mean like it's all Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I kind of just try and like cue in on that to because you only really have a couple opportunities to present an emotion with the song to people before they apply their own and before I allow them to do that and I think art and then the song and the lyrics and how it's produced I guess are kind of like the three ways that you can do that so the art is super important to me so I always try and like hone the colors in or make the vibe feel right or whatever yeah yeah
0: Do you ever feel like there are disadvantages to such a strong branding? Like, what if you wanted to deviate in the future?
1: I've thought about shaving my head a lot lately. (laughs) And I think the only thing that's stopping me from doing that is the logo that I have. (laughs) on the back of the shirt.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's so funny.
1: So, like, so that's, like, the only time I've ever felt that way. Otherwise, I'm just thankful for it because, like, it's really easy for people to understand. Like, I, I don't like to have a confusing brand because, like, I want people to get past that really quickly and be like cool but what's the music sound like versus getting lost in like my Instagram you know what I mean um so like I just kind of make it very straightforward everything's consistent and then people can enjoy the tunes and and apply their own meaning Mm -hmm. to them and feel better
0: and for like home I really love how you did like the whole like handwritten letter just I don't know just super raw and I love it so much thank you
1: yeah so that was um we did we did that for a bit and yeah, I just try and I just try and be as honest as possible. Um well, I'm always super honest. I'm always 100% honest, but like honest as possible, transparent with people that I don't necessarily see every day, so like people that follow me online or whatever. I do my best to keep them updated with everything, but sometimes I do letters like that because I feel like I haven't been doing enough of that. Mm-hmm. So you're able to do that. Yeah. And it's like a bunch of tweets, you know, because you only yeah. have 140 characters to kind of communicate. Yeah. How you feel, so.
0: And about that whole song like when your dad approached you about the home, what kind of, like, went on in your head?
1: I was just... I um I had never had, like, a sense of uh, instability, really, mm-hmm. or, like, anything. There was always somewhere where I could go and lay my head at night and feel comfortable. So when that started to be a thing, I was like, man, like, I really need to... I need to get going. I need to, like, start doing my own stuff. I need to start making my own tunes. I need to start being my own dude. Um, and so... That's when I started doing doing my stuff, because I just really needed to turn the switch on. Um, and then, like, right away, Hate hey, You, Love You happened. It was really crazy. It was like wow. the universe just made it work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely what I thought right away, was I was like, dang, like, I really need to get rolling here, because um, mm-hmm. nobody's going to do it for me.
0: Yeah, and your and, parents were about to move to a different state, right? Yep,
1: yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, and we may still move or whatever, like things change and whatever, but we're we're super happy and calm. And What I'm thankful for is we don't have to make any decisions in a rushed manner. We can do them because we want to and because they make us happy and not because we feel like we have to financially. Yeah. So that's wonderful. And I'm thankful for everybody that listens to the stuff for Mm -hmm.
0: that. And from the onset kind of your family like helped you with a lot of her stuff like your mom was shipping your sister with like social yep. media and stuff yeah what clicked in your head to that you wanted to involve them so much in your life um, with music
1: well like my whole thing always is like the more people I work with that I love the more people feel like fulfilled by the end goal so like involving them was just kind of like yo if we really like do this together we can really like make something cool happen and then you know as I've gone on I've developed a team and but now, even Rose about my girlfriend is my manager. Yeah. Um, so you know, I always try and like keep keep it tight knit and make people feel valued and appreciated the best I can, and um, yeah, and just like and just like make make everybody I love a part of what I love. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is there ever like a struggle of like doing I guess business with people so close to your heart, like with like miscommunication? Yeah, hundred like, percent. It's
1: it's it's tough sometimes, but. I think that all just comes down to communication, which is exactly what you said. It's like you know miscommunication can only be resolved by communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just about talking and 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 kind of explaining where you're coming from and just doing your best to keep it cool.
0: and why did it click to you to start your own like record label?
1: Um, actually, that comes back to G two so G easy. Uh, when I was first making beats and stuff, he actually heard that I was doing it through a really funny way. I made a song with a girl named Quinn, who's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. And she had that bounce and happened to be in the studio with him the next day and played him the song. And he was like, man, I love this song. I really want to be a part of this song. And she was like, cool, cool, like for sure. And then saw him the next day and he's like, yo, who made this? And she was like, this dude, Gene and, <laughs> G Nash. and And he was like, Nash, like my little homie Nash, like tripped out according to... Quinn and yeah and so he called me and was like yo like that shit is incredible and he never called me on the phone so I felt felt, like super honored because like yeah because he's like I always have respected him so much and so basically I started playing him stuff I went over to his house and was like these are some of the things I'm making because I had no idea what I was doing Mm -hmm. I was just playing chords and I had all these feelings and he was like man these chords are so happy sad so when I when it was time to like make a label I, I saw that little uh, colon, <laughs> colon parentheses colon yeah. and I was like man that really expresses how I feel mm-hmm. like so I was like I guess that's like what the music is so then I just called everything happy sad on the genre on SoundCloud yeah. and then when I was starting to do label stuff um, or when I was starting to submit songs I just put that as the copyright name because that's all I knew to put there I was yeah. like, what am I going to put like Garrett Nash <laughs> <laughs> so I started putting that there and, uh, and then I made my label that when I did a co-venture with Atlantic, and, um, yeah, it's, that's just basically, I think everything's kind of on a scale of happy to sad, and you can kind of bucket all emotions into that, and that actually helps me kind of categorize how I feel on a day-to-day basis, so, yeah. yeah.
0: Would you say you've always had some form of, like, anxiety, because I read from uh, interviews or, like, tweets?
1: Yeah, um, I would say so, but I think, in years more recent it's definitely like shown its face more than ever hmm. just because of all the pressure that I feel like I have yeah. on me so I try not to think about the pressure and I kind of just try to think about like the positives that come from the pressure um and I try to put myself a couple months down the line so like if I'm ever stressed about anything I always just try and put myself in the future and say like wow like everything worked out fine like I'm so glad it did I'm so glad I made the right decision and then I go back to current and I just go from there
0: yeah. <laughs> And then you also started, like, yoga and meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you, like, what made you sort of do that?
1: Uh, I took a class on it in college, actually. Uh, my last semester at USC, I did um, yoga, and I also took science of happiness, and I think those two things oh, really wow. correlated well together, yeah. yeah. And then the Beatles class at the same time, and English too, which was, like, an advanced writing course. So I did them all the same semester, and I think it really helped me hone in what I was going to do with um, with my stuff and also meditation-wise like it's really nice to be able to zone out and do some mindfulness and yeah relax.
0: So how did you actually meet Rosa?
1: Um, just through mutual friends actually. Uh, yeah just through mutual friends and stuff. Um, we've always kinda known each other but uh, Oh wow. Um, yeah, if you like to believe in soul stuff I think that sometimes I'm not super sold on the idea of, like, a soulmate, necessarily, because I don't know if that's, like, a thing. Mm -hmm. But I like this new idea I just heard recently that, like, souls are essentially, like, passed down. And so when you're an old soul, you've had, like, more life experience. So I like to think at some point in the past we met because of that. But Mm
0: -hmm. now we're together. Yeah. Yeah. Did it always click um, for you from the beginning to, like, put your, like, relationships quite in the public eye for, like, social media? Well,
1: I've never really had a girlfriend Mm -hmm. until Rosa, so... Um, no. (laughs) Uh, I never really thought much of it. It was just, like, if I'm going to be honest and transparent about everything, then I may as well. She's just as much part of my life as my dog or my cat or my parents or my sister or my music or whatever. So, yeah, she's just a part of it.
0: Yeah. How did she grow to such a big part of her life and, like, manage you and everything?
1: Um, she's just, uh, she's just kind of my everything. She's just Mm kind of very, very good at everything she does, and she doesn't really... Um, she doesn't really, like, mess up mistake-wise. Wow, that's really good. (laughs) Yeah, she's very, very specific about everything she does. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so it just kind of was natural, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Did you ever have any, like, labels telling you, like, you shouldn't put your, that much of your, like, relationships online, or did never, like... You know
1: what's funny? No, not me, personally, just because I, when I started working with, um, like, music industry realm on my stuff, I had already kind of done a lot of the... You know, obviously like there was a lot of radio and stuff that I I didn't have anything to do with initially, but and it happened after I did a deal. But I think initially just because I came in and I was so like, here's what I wanna do, these are my goals, this is how I feel. Yeah. Da da da. Nobody ever really tried to like convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um and it's gone it's gone great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what would you say have been your biggest struggle so far?
1: Um I would say I would say just, like, getting over the idea of pressure was a a lot for me out the gate. Just, like, oh, man, like, I have all this pressure on me. I always get overwhelmed by that. But now I don't really get overwhelmed by that anymore just because, like, pressure and all that stuff I've realized recently is kind of, um, there's not a lot of point to it. Because, like, worrying and stressing and all those things, nothing's getting done. Nothing's happening. You're just in a funk about it. And, like, I think, I think worrying and stressing and all those things are just, like, something our reptilian brain's doing because we've known how to do that since yeah. fight or flight reaction. and Yeah. And, and we don't need that necessarily anymore. I think that we're, we're way more advanced than that now in all other ways, so why not in that one? So I just try not to allow the pressure to get to me or the worrying or anything like that, and it's been going pretty good lately.
0: Last question. What do you want to be remembered for?
1: Um, helping people feel better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all.
1: Yeah, I just want people to be able to forever be, like, yeah, that's what I want. I want to be remembered for helping people feel better because I think that um, what, what, a, what a positive legacy to leave, you know? Like, regardless of how I do in a day or how I feel or if I write my next big song or whatever it is, I'll always know that there's stuff out in the world that on a day-to-day basis is helping people feel better. Yeah. And that's, like, extremely gratifying for me, so... That's that's all I can. Yeah,
0: I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah yeah, thank you.
1: (laughs) Bye. Peace.